Hello and welcome in to another edition of the JK Pod. I am your host, Jonathan Kelly. I want to thank you all for joining us on this Friday edition. So today will be our first Football Friday, which is very exciting as we had our first game of the regular season last night. Uh, we'll also give you a recap of yesterday's picks as well as today's MLB picks. And then we will preview uh, the NFL for Sunday as well as give you a couple of college games for tomorrow. But week two is probably the worst college <laughs> week of the year. Uh, so with that being said, let's go ahead and give you a quick recap of yesterday. So yesterday's MLB picks, we were two of three. So we'll take that. Uh, we were on the wrong side of the Cardinals, but on the right side of the Brewers and the White Sox. White Sox are playing much better as of late, so definitely keep an eye on that as we head towards the end of the regular season. Uh, so two of three yesterday, that makes us 14 of 20 so far this week on our MLB picks, and that is a hit rate of over 70% at 70.59. All right, so looking very good so far up to this point in the week. As for today, we've got six games that we're looking at. The first game is going to be the San Francisco Giants. It's going to be Carlos Rodon, who's 12-7 with a 2.92 ERA and 27 starts. He's allowed more than two earned in one of his last seven, so look for that to happen yet again today. As for the Cubs, it'll be Drew Smiley, who's 5-8 with a 3.84 ERA and 19 starts, and he gave up seven earned in his last start against the Cardinals. I don't think that'll happen, but definitely look for the Giants to win a close, low-scoring game. I'll say the Giants take this one 4-2. to two. Next up, we're going to take the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, so they hurt us yesterday, and let's hope they don't hurt us two days in a row. So for the Cards, it's going to be Miles McCullough, who's 11-10 with a 3-3-2 ERA and 28 starts. He was lights out in his last start against the Cubs. He went eight innings, gave up two hits. So look for him to have another nice outing against the Pirates, who will be sending Rosny Contreras to the mound. He's 4-4 four four with a 3-4-1 ERA in 16 games, 13 of those being starts. He's pitched well over his last three, which means at some point he's due for a clunker, and I think that comes today against Arenado, Arenado Goldschmidt and the St. Louis Cardinals. Following that, we're going to go ahead and take the New York Mets. So for the Mets, it's going to be David Peterson, who's 7-3 with a 3-3-2 ERA in 21 games, 17 of those starts. He has given up more than two earned in only two of his last eight. So Peterson has been extremely effective here over the last month and a half. As for the Marlins, it's going to be Edward Cabrera, who's 4-2 with a 2-3-9 ERA in nine starts. He's allowed more than one earned in two of nine, which means at some point he's going to have a rough outing. Uh, so I believe that'll happen tonight against the New York Mets at home in Miami. Following that, we're going to take the Philadelphia Phillies. It'll be Noah Syndergaard, who's eight and nine with a 4.07 ERA and 21 starts. He has allowed at least three earned in four of his last six. So I think he's due for a great outing, and I think that happens tonight against the Nationals. As for the Nats, it's going to be Patrick Corbin, who we love to bet against. He is 6-17 with a 6.28 ERA and 27 starts. He has just been awful this year. There's no two ways about it. 
Although, in his last three starts, he's been really effective, uh, which tells me that won't continue much longer. Um, and against this good Phillies lineup, I think that'll come to a halt tonight. Look for him to give up four-plus earned against the Phillies in Philadelphia. Next up, we're going to take Toronto Blue Jays. For the Blue Jays, it's going to be Ross Stripling, who's 7-4 and four with a 3.03 ERA in 27 games, 19 of those starts. And he's given up more than two earned in two of his last eight. Uh, for the Rangers, it's going to be Dan Dunning, who's 3-8 and eight with a 4.37 ERA in 26 starts. And he has allowed at least three earned in three of his last five. Uh, so look for the Blue Jays' offense to be able to give them a victory tonight. Uh, I'm thinking something along the lines of 5-3 to three in favor of Toronto. And our last pick of the night is going to be the Houston Astros. They will be sending Lance McCullers Jr. to the mound. He's 2-1 with a 2.08 ERA and four starts. And he's allowed more than two earned runs in one of his four starts since coming off the I.L., as for the Angels, it'll be Michael Lorenzen, who's 6-6 six six with a 4.94 ERA and 13 starts. And he has allowed at least five earned in three of his last five. So look for the Astros' offense to feast tonight on Lorenzen and the Angels. So to recap that, our picks for the night, that'll be the San Francisco Giants, the St. Louis Cardinals, New York Mets, Philadelphia Phillies, Toronto Blue Jays, as well as the Houston Astros. So let's go ahead and have another great night tonight. And if we can stay over 70%, that'll be very nice for this week after being just over 50% last week. So that's going to be our picks for today. Let's go ahead and take you over to some Major League Baseball news and notes. Uh, first and foremost, congratulations to Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina as they tied the MLB record for battery mates yesterday. 324th start together. Uh, that is wild. And in today's day and age when catchers don't really play more than two or three days in a row, it's very impressive that Wainwright and Molina have paired up over 300 times. I don't think this mark will ever be matched as long as I'm alive and you're alive. Uh, maybe someday in the very distant future, it will. But this is something that you know has stood for Dozens and dozens of years. I don't think anybody will even probably come close to this in the uh, near future. Also, we got to talk about uh, Major League Baseball Competition Committee. They voted on some rule changes today. I got to tell you, banning the shift is an absolute joke. That is a joke because your players cannot hit the ball the other way. That make millions and millions of dollars to do a job. Now we have to change the way the game is played. This is a fucking joke. <laughs> like, this is unreal. Imagine you could t imagine telling Shaquille O'Neal you can't dunk. Like, come on, it changes the whole game. Ah, uh, Steph Curry, sorry, sorry, bro, you can't shoot threes anymore. Like, what? What is this? What is this? Ah, uh, you can only throw to the. You can't. You can only throw to one side of the field. Oh, you're only you're good at throwing left. Oh yeah, you can only throw left. You can't you can't throw the other way. Like this is this is unbelievable. I remember shifting in little league because that was what the pros did. Like I I don't understand. It's strategy. You can't. We know where you're gonna hit it, 
So try to hit it the other way. Counter the strategy. It's really that simple. Because the players can't hit the ball the other way, now we have to change the whole game. Like this is abs- this is asinine. This is asinine. What I would do to combat this is just say, "Oh yeah, that's a fourth outfielder. I'm just going to put him in, you know, short left field or short right field, whatever, you know, whatever the case may be." Uh, <laughs> this is so ridiculous. I mean, it changes the whole complex of the game now. It's just guys developed the strategy. That's all it is. It's a strategy. So you're banning a strategy. It's it's such a joke. The Major League Baseball thinks this is going to help them with fans. If anything, it's going to hurt them with fans. It's going to show that they know that their players are not good enough to hit the ball to all 30 parts of the field. And now they have to make rule changes in order for them to be able to just hit it into one spot of the field. Like, this is so ridiculous. Uh, To counter that, though, I am extremely happy that the pitch clock is coming to Major League Baseball. Uh, When I worked in minor league baseball, we had the pitch clock. It definitely speeds up games. Uh, Big fan of this. I think this will be a great step forward, and you will definitely see games shortened up by a couple minutes on the back end. So if you have a three-hour game, now it's 245, 250, even that 10, 15 minutes. uh, That's going to create, I think, much more interest and intrigue in, in fans and you know, have them paying attention more. I know when I watch a Yankees game or, you know, whatever game that may be, I can look at my phone, I feel like, for five minutes and I missed a pitch or two. Uh, so now the pitch is going every 30, every 20, 30 seconds. Uh, so this is definitely a step in the right direction. But the shift, <laughs> banning the shift is a fucking joke. Like, I just, I can't get over it. I, I just can't get over it. I won't get over it. It's embarrassing that they had to do this because players can't hit it the other way. Uh, Maybe just learn how to hit the ball the other way. I don't know. We were always taught that at a young age to hit the ball the other way. So maybe they don't teach that anymore. I don't really know. Uh, But yeah, just just an absolute joke. (laughs) Uh, So that's all for Major League Baseball Corner. Let's head over to the NBA. Uh, just one quick note on Giannis. He is all good after tweaking his ankle this time in the Eurobasket. So he's got a little bit of knee pain, got a little bit of an ankle thing going on. Uh, let's just hope that this guy is good for the regular season. I'm definitely going to say that I think we'll see some load maintenance this year with, with Giannis, uh, especially after playing in, in Eurobasket, going deep into the playoffs the last couple of years. So definitely look for uh, load management for, for Giannis this year. Now let's head over to some other news and notes before we go to all everything football. Uh, so in our other notes category, we've got Iga Swainstick advanced, and she will face Anz Jabru in the U.S. Open Women's Final. Hopefully I said both of their names right. If I didn't, go ahead and crucify me. Um, this afternoon and evening on the men's side, I'm going to be taking Casper Rudd as well as Francis Tiafo, huge Tiafo guy. We talked about him the other day, uh, to advance to the final. And then in the world of UFC, Nate Diaz, I think is going to get smoked tonight by Hamzat Shamai. Uh, that's going to be at UFC 279 in Vegas at T-Mobile Arena. Hamza is like a minus 800 favorite. Uh, I don't really think there's any way that he loses. I think he's going to win by TKO. Seems like 
Diaz never gets knocked out, uh, but he's always just bleeding everywhere profusely. <laughs> um, so definitely look for Hamzat to be able to win that matchup against uh, Nate Diaz. All right, so first we'll go to college football, and then we'll head to the NFL. As for college football, my Longhorns will be welcoming Alabama to Austin. Like I said, hopefully it's just a two-score game. That's all I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a win. I'm not going to get greedy. Just, you know, give me some positive vibes for the rest of the season so that maybe we can beat Baylor, Oak State, Oklahoma, win two of those three. And we're looking in the right direction for for the future with uh, Quinn Ewers and obviously Bijan, who will probably be in the Heisman discussion uh, towards the end of the season. Also, Wake Forest will welcome our guy Sam Hartman back. Uh, I like them over Vanderbilt, so that should be a good game as Vanderbilt smoked Hawaii. I mean, everyone's going to smoke Hawaii this year, but still, they were able to do that. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee over Pitt at Pitt. Going to take Florida over Kentucky. The Swamp is going to be rocking after UF's huge win over the Utes. And then lastly, in the top 25 matchups, I'm going to take Baylor over BYU. So those should be the best games of the week. Like I said, there's not much happening in college football week two. It's very uh, cupcake-driven. Uh, everything else should pretty much be status quo. All the good teams should <laughs> prob- should win. Uh, and if they don't, there's probably an issue uh, lying underneath that. All right, so... NFL. Let's do the news and notes first. Uh, Russell Wilson yesterday confirmed that Seattle tried to trade him before he seeked the trade, which I fully believe. Uh, I think Russell Wilson is probably one of the nicest, most boring people. (laughs) So I think he got a little annoyed, which I don't blame him. I would as well. Uh, Also in Tampa Bay Bucks world, Chris Godwin will be a game time decision. I do not think that he should play until probably like week four at the earliest. Um, But that's, you know, that's me. I don't know his body. He knows his body better than anyone. If he says he's ready to play, go ahead and play. Uh, And that's that. Also, Dak's new cleats bothered his ankle yesterday at practice. So hopefully he gets that figured out. Uh, He's my quarterback in one of my leagues. So hopefully this isn't a all season issue going on here. The Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson failed to reach a contract extension. Lamar is betting on himself. And I see this turning into a Kirk cousins, Washington football team scenario where they franchise him for a couple of years and then kind of just let him walk. And, you know, Tyler Huntley, who's in their building, isn't that bad. So Huntley could definitely start for a couple teams. And worst case scenario, he starts in a couple years. I don't think that's terrible. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is much better than him. But it is what it is. Uh, There would be many, many, many suitors for Jackson if he goes out on the open market, especially given how young he is. So he's going to be cashing in on on a... very big payday here soon. Also, Jets' new left tackle, Dwan Brown, uh, suffered a shoulder injury earlier this week, 
Uh, he's actually not going to play on Sunday. So they're now down Brown and Makai Becton. I think the Jets are going to get absolutely rolled by the Ravens on Sunday. Uh, also, the Steelers are going to be honoring Dwayne Haskins this year with a number three decal on their helmets all season. Definitely a very nice gesture as Haskins passed away a couple months ago down here in South Florida while walking on the highway. Uh, and then lastly, my Tennessee Titans and Amani Hooker have agreed to a three-year, $33 million extension. So this is good as Hooker and Bayard now are one of the best one-two punches in terms of safeties in the NFL. Uh, so very nice to see that the Titans and Hooker have agreed on this extension. All right, so first things first, let's go ahead and recap last night's Rams-Bills. Uh, pretty much went the way I thought it was going to go, as we told you. Uh, so to do a little recap, Josh Allen had a really nice game. He went 26 of 31 for 297, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, one of those picks wasn't his fault either. Wide receiver just, you know, put it into the hands of the defender. Uh, he also had 10 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. Stephon Diggs had a great game, 8 for 122 and a touchdown. Gabe Davis had a touchdown catch as well as Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, so able to spread the ball around for, for the most part. And the Bills looked pretty good. I wouldn't say they looked phenomenal or, you know, anything crazy. Uh, Allen was great. Everyone else pretty much did what they had to do. They couldn't get the running game going, but I think eventually that'll happen. Uh, James Cook fumbled the second he came into the game, so that was not a good way to start your NFL career. But at some point, Singletary and or Zach Moss has got to get going here. Uh, also, their defense played really well. Uh, Boogie Basham, Jordan Poyer and Dane Jackson all had interceptions. So very nice to see uh, that as well for, for the Bills. As for the Rams, they did not look so hot. Uh, Matthew Stafford didn't look comfortable all night. He was 29 of 41 for 240. He had a touchdown, three interceptions. Uh, Cooper Cup was pretty much their only offense uh, in a major bright spot. He had 13 catches. 128 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Rams also could not get the running game going all night, whether it was Henderson. Uh, they gave Akers three carries, no no yards. Uh, just not a good situation for the Rams. I think the Rams long-term will be fine. This is only one game. We had the Bills, as we said. We had the under. Those both hit, so hopefully you went ahead and paired those two together or had them separately and were able to uh, walk home with some cash there. As for Sunday and Monday night, here are the picks. And I'm just going to give you money line picks. During the NFL season, I do some crazy teaser stuff, but I won't give you the full rundown on that as that's a little more complicated. Uh, so I'll just give you who is going to win and why. So the Ravens over the Jets, we kind of already discussed that a little bit. Jets have no offensive line. Ravens with Lamar should be able to win relatively easy. I'm actually going to take the Panthers over the Browns, Baker and Co. 
going against his old team, the Browns. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. That should be a good game, although not good at the same time, probably like a 13-10 game. Uh, I'm going to take the Colts over the Texans, although I am not thrilled about that pick at all. I think the Texans could be a little spunky this year. Uh, the ja- I'm going to take the Jags over the Commanders. I think the Commanders are just going to be a dumpster fire all year. I see Ron Rivera getting fired midseason. I think Carson Wentz is not going to be too great. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Jags in a shocker over the Commanders. I'm going to take the Dolphins in this 105-degree heat over the Patriots. We're going to go with the Saints over the Falcons, the Eagles over everyone's favorite, the Lions. We're going to take the Bengals over the Steelers, the Niners over the Bears, Packers over the Vikings. That should be the game of the day. That's the one I'll be watching. So definitely lock in on Packers-Vikings division uh, matchup first week, new coach in Minnesota. So definitely should be a fantastic game there between Rodgers and Cousins. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to be horrific this year. Uh, I'm going to take the Chargers over the Raiders. That's another fantastic game this week. I'm going to take the Titans over the Giants. That's going to be a gross game. I'm going to go Titans 17-13. I'm going to take the Bucks over the Cowboys. I think this is also going to be a very good game. Going to be a close game. Tom Brady dealing with divorce and his cheek implants and all that fun stuff. Uh, And then lastly, I will take the Broncos over the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson really just wants to punch it to Seattle. Uh, Probably worse words could have been chosen, but I'll stick with that. Uh, So the Broncos over the Seahawks. So that's going to be Ravens, Panthers, Colts, Jags, Dolphins, Saints, Eagles, Bengals, Niners, Packers, Chiefs, Chargers, Titans, Bucks, Broncos. Hope you got all that. Pair those all together and do a crazy parlay. Have fun with that. Um, But those are who I believe will win on Sunday and Monday night. Uh, So that pretty much wraps everything up. Was happy we were able to get this through uh, rather quickly, which is surprising. Sometimes I like to go on tangents as my... Major League Baseball band shifts uh, was. So outside of that, that should be all for today. On Monday, we'll definitely go ahead and recap the NFL from the weekend. And we'll get you our MLB picks as always. Uh, So thank you all for joining us on this Friday. Hope you all have an awesome weekend. Enjoy the baseball, the tennis if you're into that, some UFC UFC this weekend as well as, of course, the NFL on Sunday and college football tomorrow if you are so inclined. Outside of that, thank you all for joining us once again on this Friday, and we will see you back here on Monday. Appreciate it.